Hey everybody, so this is a bit of a weird, special kind of throwback episode. Most of you have never heard of this episode and may not even know it ever existed, and that's because if you have been subscribed to the Skiffy Fanti main feed, this episode never released on it. This episode is an, is from when we used to call the At The Movie Show Shoot The Wiz, and it was from before Shoot The Wiz was actually on the Skiffing Fanti Show, and for some strange reason, we never released this episode on the main feed or any Skiffing Fanti feed, which is I, just bizarre. And so I've decided that I would do a re-release of this as a bit of a throwback for this week as a kind of treat. So this episode's old. It's from 2012. This is, I think, before any of us understood most anything about podcasting, uh, but it is a little bit of fun and we hope that you enjoy it. So thank you very much for sticking with us. As always, you can support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash You can find us on Twitter at Skiffy We're doing the Audience Assemble initiative. So if you want to kind of interact with us more, please get on the Twitters, Facebook, etc. to kind of, you know, talk with us. So on that note, I will turn it over to the intro music and to this wonderful, old-school, ancient, from the time before the Empire episode. I said it before and I'll say it again. Life moves pretty fast. You don't stop and look around once in a while. You could miss it. Never fear change. Life is too short for fear. Chase what is desired. I can do this all day. Would you mind identifying what you are? We're the best friend squad. That's what we call ourselves. Sort of like a team. Welcome to the rodeo. Ladies and gentlemen, please sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride. This is the way. I have spoken. Hello. Hello. I'm Sean. I'm Paul. And this is our discussion of Prometheus. It's completely out of the blue because I I wanted to do it. And Paul was my victim. Wow, I lost my words for a second. <laughs> I, I, I hung up on the word victim. Yes, I, I, I gladly decided to be on Sean's WISB podcast here since I was going to see Prometheus as well today with yeah. with a friend of mine. And so now we're here to spoil the movie and tell you what we liked, what we didn't like, and what's the WTFs. Yep. And I'm going to call this feature Shoot the Wisp. Shoot the Wisp. Yeah, it's very catchy. No? Nobody beats the Wisp? <laughs> Mr. Mr. Whisper? <laughs> anyway. anyway. Um, so, okay. So, let's start. Well, hey, you, you, just to make sh- very clear, we're going to ruin the entire movie. So, if you intend to see it, don't listen past this point. Right. So, why don't we, why don't we tell the folks what Prometheus is? Well, it's been billed as an alien prequel, and it essentially is that. And it's an explanation somewhat of where the space jockey comes from. But it is also basically humans find, you know, like cave paintings and things that seem to suggest that aliens actually were messing with us way back in the day. And so we go looking for them, and it turns out that it's it's not uh, it was not an invitation for us to see see the makers but more along the lines of for some reason the aliens hate us and want to kill us all <laughs> which is really sad it it is it is really sad it's the beginning of the movie and the ending of the movie don't co- coincide anymore they there's this invitation that's very early in the movie we're not really spoiling that to 
go visit this star system. And, well, the the Whaling Corporation decides to build a trillion-dollar spaceship to do just that, to visit a distant star system and, well... And find aliens in the hope. And, of course, the, the reasons why the Whaling Corporation do that, we, as, as in all the alien movies, uh, is never noble. <laughs> it's always an ulterior motive. No, they're, 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 they're self-interested cap- capitalists obsessed with alien technology and alien origins. Yeah, and that that's really probably what you would need to know to 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 figure out what the big twist towards the like the seventy five percent mark that there's a huge twist in which you realize a certain person is not dead. Yeah, but I saw that twist coming. I kind of did I, too. I, I I I saw that twist coming a mile away. Not, I mean, I I've seen reviews which say that this this hits very familiar territory and even that twist felt familiar like yeah that 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 feels about right yeah and it should be noted that it's it's like the the head of of the Wayland corporation played by guy pierce and a heck of a lot of prosthetics to make him look like an old man and it and i think i figured it out the moment when um you saw uh, David, played by Michael Fassbender, the android, with the little helmet, and he's, like, talking to himself. And I was like, oh, yeah, he's talking to the old guy. Yep. And I was I, like, oh, he's not dead. He's not dead, and they don't have ansibles in this universe, so he's on the ship. Yep. Yep. So, anyway, so that that's kind of, like, the subplot stuff. Of course, the old man, he is dying, and so he is hoping that the aliens who he thinks have immense power can heal him. But, of course, the big thing is is they discover the aliens, and then they realize, like, the aliens have created some kind of super infection, and it's not good news for Earth, because some of the characters get infected, and other characters, of course, get not just infected, but, like, basically, literally impregnated. That was fun. Uh, the yeah. the impregnate... I should say fun as in uh, made me, squ- like, squirm in my chair. Because that was creepy. Uh, so I let let's start with what was our what what did we really like about the movie? Um, so what? Why don't you go, Paul? What were the few things that you really liked about the movie? First, first, and no surprise, the visuals. Yeah. Prometheus looks great. I mean, from 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 the spaceship itself to to the, the technology the planets the, the the weather when they're flying into the ship we saw it in the trailer but you get a long extended shot of them going into the atmosphere the 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 dust storm the yeah. the hr geiger's inspired visuals prometheus is just gorgeous yeah flat flat and for, for foremost it is maybe not the only reason to see a movie but it's a it's a reason to see this movie in the movie theater as opposed to waiting for the DVDs to see this in its all, all its glory. Absolutely. Okay. Other things I liked. Um, my favorite, although, although I have quibbles with some of his motivations, my favorite characters were Michael Fassbender's Android David and Meredith, and Meredith Victor's as plays by Charlize Theron. I think they... And in really, in general, it's a really good cast. You got Nomi Rapish, you got Idris Elba, you got Guy Pierce. Although I don't know why they put him in so much prosthetic makeup, you you have a really strong cast that 
that when when the when the script is actually paying attention to them and not going off the rails actually allows them to actually breathe and I appreciate having good actors in my movies and not faceless mooks. Yeah, I agree. And there wasn't as much comedy in this um, as you would you would expect from some of the the later alien incarnations. But there were some pretty amusing scenes between like Idris Elba and Charlize there <laughs> when he propositions her for sex. And, he, and she accepts. <laughs> and she accepts. And I was like, that's awesome. Like, oh man, talk about a smooth move, guy. <laughs> he, he gets a he gets a he gets a Google plus one for uh, for successfully defrosting the ice queen. It's true. Absolutely. Yeah, he did a pretty. He, there, there were some good scenes. Um, in 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 that terms and kind of the levity and I think you're right that it when they get script and they actually get the you get to see the characters in action as opposed to kind of being kind of ham fisted into the plot um it they do tend to really shine in those moments and I do really I did really appreciate that too um so I think you've more or less said my favorites my I really liked I mean the set design which was of course inspired by H.R. Geiger um up to most of the alien stuff, uh, I had some quibbles with some of the alien stuff, which isn't spoiling anything because everybody knows it's an alien prequel, so there's got to be alien stuff. Um, I like the visuals in general. I overall like the plot, although I do find the whole aliens, like seated Earth, we got to go meet the aliens thing, a little old hat. It's ancient, it's ancient astronaut crap. Yeah, and and I kind of was like, why is this the, like it seemed to me like this is trying to make the um, the 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 space jockey right. It's trying to provide an explanation for the space jockey, but it's trying to make it bigger than than maybe it needed to be. Because I almost half expected this to be like, you know, before I saw the previews, I thought like this would be where somehow they stumble upon the space jockey ship. Right, this is the first crew that ever finds it, and they realize like, oh my gosh, these aliens have effed up, and they're th- and the thought, my thought was, oh my gosh, like these humans have figured out we cannot let humanity get a hold of this and to screw it up, and so they try to stop it. Um, but of course, that's not what it turns out to be. It turns out to be like aliens made us, and then like we said earlier, they get pissed off and try to get rid of us <laughs> with an infection, which I. I didn't quite understand what which part was the actual alien part. Was it all part of the same sort of organism? It, 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 I, what I what I uh, interpret the aliens as is basically engine the engineers out of control biotechnology Lovecraftian super weapons. All that all that goo and all that stuff is basically ma- meant to manufacture and transform organic material and humans into aliens and alien creatures so basically that's yeah basically so the the engineers made the aliens so that's the way i interpret the movie okay because that is that is a a question that i i do have um because one of the things is there there are a lot of different forms of aliens in this and none of them until the very very end appear like the bear the shape really of the aliens we're familiar with with perhaps the exception of the giant tentacle beast at the end which once you once it actually takes the space jockey and it wraps around him you realize it's like a head crab 
Yeah, it's a, um, it's a, it's head cr- it's a giant one. Yeah, and I guess that was my question was these things clearly are not evolved to the point where they would look exactly like what we expect later on. So my question is, is there more story that we're not being told that well, leads it to that point, or or are they kind of messing with the continuity to sort of update it to make them seem slightly more terrifying? I don't think they're messing with the continuity. I think that we 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 established from the first moments of the movie that the engineers are masters of biology and biological engineering. And I think that the aliens basically are progenerated in that in the aftermath of the events on on that nameless planet. Because we see that first juvenile alien that's not going to be the first that's not going to be the only one. I think they all come from that stock, so to speak. Or, alternatively, they already have, we don't know where the engineer's true planet is or whether or not they have any more of this stuff that's gotten out of control. That was my question, too, because remember, at the very, very end, uh, the, uh, the character um, Shaw, right, she leaves with David in one of the other alien ships, but she doesn't go home to Earth. She goes in search of the alien, like, homeworld. Yeah, she's looking for the engineer homeworld. So my question is, is perhaps what happens on this world isn't actually the prequel. Maybe that the colonists never actually discover this world. What they end up discovering is the alien homeworld. And that that ship that they take is perhaps there's another story there that maybe that's the ship that they discover with the alien pods in it. Oh, so, so you're talking, oh, the, the Nostromo discovers the ship that Numi Pace and uh, David are on? Yeah, that that's the ship they discover. But then why wouldn't they have found them? Why did they only find uh Well, that's the al- story, right? That's true. Because that's another question I had too, is remember that in the alien movies, right, the um, the space jockey from which all of this is deriving from, he's found sitting in that chair that yep. that's supposed to pilot the ship. But in in this movie, he's dead in the escape uh, shippy thing, right? The 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 life potty escape ship. Right? right. So he's dead in there. He's been torn basically chest to groin open by this this giant alien. So. How does that space jockey get in the chair with only the hole in his chest, which is from a more regular alien we're familiar with? That's my question. I, it... I don't. I, I don't think it's the same engineer. That's the the space jockey that they find in the original Alien is a different, a different alive engineer that they come across. Oh, so well then, how does he get there? How how did they find him on the ship? He just another random engineer who who had the bioweapons go out of control on a ship and... Oh, in on another planet. Another planet or what? Yeah, it was yeah, another planet. Okay. I mean, it's, it's, it's clear if you... And one of, the, one of the great sequences in the movie is that big star map. It's clear yeah. the engineers have been all over the bloody place. So, so yeah, th- that's not just their one planet they've visited and stuck stuff on, clearly. Oh, the, the, okay, the, so maybe this is even my theory is not even necessarily relevant. Maybe it's just this. This is telling us who the space jockeys are, 
but this has nothing to do directly with the alien universe that maybe all of these evolutions and the creatures they're one stage that we see different stages of on different planets where the space jockeys have been messing with this technology and clearly things have not gone right for them yeah that that's that's a plausible that's a plausible way to look at it sean and that's another and that brings up another question because the planet where they discover the space jockey in the in the later movies that planet is completely and utterly uninhabitable. It's 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 been partially uh, in the original. It's not terraformed. It looks like everything's gone to shit on the planet, or it's always gone to shit. Whereas in this world, they've partially terraformed it. Yeah, they've only partially terraformed it. So, is that something the engineers do? They engineer planets. It's not quite clear, but maybe maybe mm-hmm. they, in addition to biological seeding, they they mess around with planetary compositions we don't know and and so maybe really what this is is this is ridley scott's way of saying make sure this movie makes lots of money so i can make more stories that that i definitely think he's that he's he's a he's a he's after the benjamins that's definitely true and and i don't know i haven't looked at the uh the box office mojo yet i should probably do that right now um but i wonder on the podcast yeah i'm doing it right now oh See how much it's made box office. Uh, as of the eighth, it's made twenty-one million four hundred thousand. Uh, in here, forty-six million foreign, so sixty-seven million-ish, sixty-seven and a half million. So twenty-one uh, on the eighth. So that's Friday. So yeah. So if, if that holds a sixty million opening weekend, twenty, forty, sixty. If it holds, if that holds up, that's not bad. It's not bad, and I suspect its budget is in the 200 million mark. Oh yeah, the, yeah. The, the, there's money thrown at this movie, so to speak. If, yeah, I mean the you, set design alone would have cost a lot, but then the CG. I mean, it's really top-notch CG. It's gorgeous CG. So, ah, it's really interesting because I, because it it does. It's one of those films that I I I had a problem with it not providing me the answers I was looking for. But now that I'm talking to you about it, it makes me realize, like, you know, it's giving me some answers, but it's telling me that this is much bigger than even the Alien universe perhaps originally thought it was. I think he is trying to expand the play the playground with this movie. My problem is that it, we do have a lot of unanswered character motivations and character problems in the movie that really drag this movie down for me. Okay, and let's talk about those, those things we don't like. Let's get that out of the way. Yeah, um, David's character arc. I like David as a character for some parts. I, I, can, I, I can accept he's obsessed with Dr. Shaw. I can accept he's the servant. He's caught, caught between being a servant of the two Waylands. But why? Why does, why does he take the alien liquid and drug uh the male doctors drink why that's that's a really good question because it makes me wonder like because there's there's got to be maybe scenes that got deleted that maybe give us a better sense of who he is because they spend half of the movie treating him kind of like filth right you know you're not human you're only like partial human yada yada blah 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 you know the kind of stuff we're used to but oh go ahead although there is the bit where in the opening, uh, the opening, discuss the opening. Uh, hello from Guy Pierce's 
data ghost that he thinks of David more as a son than anything anything else he had than anyone at all, which is kind of softening the blow. But yeah, you're right. David does get for the first half of the movie does get treated like furniture. Right. I mean, none of the maybe with the exception of um, the 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 old man Wayland, the old man Wayland. Everyone else really just kind of they don't they're not even really curious about him, which is a weird thing because unless they're really common on Earth, which I really doubt, he seems like he's an early model or earlier-ish model. It they they treat him sort of not as a curiosity, but as someone that's like it's almost like like this masculine. I need to assert my humanity, and so we have to we have to knock down the android, and make him realize that he's fake. Um, and it's just kind of really dirty. But you're right about his character. There's just there is an arc there, and he of course fulfills all things we expect of the androids in the in the early alien worlds. You know he he does quote unquote betray people, although it's not quite betrayal. He's following his agenda that's set for him. But it is there are gaps in his narrative that needed to be fulfilled, and perhaps it has to do with that there is such a large cast of secondary characters here that maybe we could have cut out some of the subplots i don't know maybe i it's just it's just it's an important turning point when he when he gives the doctor that tainted drink and we're not given a clear reason why he would do do such thing bring it bring contaminant on board and use that contaminant to deliberately cause harm to him the only thing I could think of as a rationale was the dialogue they have in that scene, which is really cool dialogue, is when him and the male doctor are talking about the why, what what did they expect from, or maybe basically what the male doctor expects he's going to hear from the um, the space jockeys, the aliens, the engineers, and the guy says something along the lines like, you know, he was expecting there to be some grand narrative about why they were created, and David asks him something along the lines of, "Well, are you are you shocked that it's not, you know, the the message you thought? Like, what what would be the reason for them to create you? You know, what's the reason you created me?" And he's like, "Well, because we can." And that maybe for me is the kind of hint that maybe David is making a choice all his own because he can, and perhaps it's because he is an undeveloped quote unquote human being that he makes this rather rash, curious decision. Um, that's my best explanation for it. But you're right, we need explanation. We need mm-hmm. something more. I don't know. Go, I, it really bothered me. Going on, the the two, um, unfortunately, aside from a couple main characters, the secondary characters sometimes get lost. The, 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 the geologist and the other one. Their yeah. whole... Their whole plot arc makes no sense to me whatsoever. Consider, consider, they've been chosen for this mission, and even though they haven't been told what this mission was, I would have, I would think that Meredith's HR director would have made damn sure they'd have somebody who would be on board if they had run into aliens. So they get to, they get to this pyramid, and they get freaked out by what, what Dr. Shaw and company are doing, so they decide to leave. Then mm-hmm. we don't see them again till they're apparently lost in the pyramid during like some sort of sandstorm thing. Yeah. Right. So why didn't they go back to the ship? I mean, given all the mapping technology we saw, those nice little neat little probes. Yeah, that was, that did... was a neat. That was a neat 
part. Yeah. How could they have gotten lost? They couldn't have. Makes no sense for them gotten lost. It was a stupid idiot plot to keep them in the pyramid so they could then get have their encounter. Whatever, yeah. Get in, have their encounter with the the undead uh, alien snake thing. And oh, it's beautiful from the character who 10 minutes ago in the movie didn't want anything to do with aliens or alien technology. Suddenly thinks this alien snake is beautiful. Um, character inconsistency. Hello. Yeah. And oh, and by the way, this is the thing that really bugged, bugged me about it is their immediate reaction was perhaps the smartest reaction anybody has in this, which is, oh, dead alien thing. I'm out. I'm leaving. Yeah. <laughs> it's, and, it's and, the they'll follow, <laughs> and they'll follow up on it. Then they, they, they hang around and then. Get, get it, so to speak. It, it does. It doesn't make any sense. It's very, they're like expendable from the start. Right. And that's very, very sloppy. That's very, very sloppy screenwriting. And I, and I give major marks against Mr. Scott for that. For that. Well, like, he I, didn't write it. Damon Lindelof and uh, John Spates wrote it. Okay. I give them major, major nits for very sloppy. I mean, I, I can think of, Half a dozen ways to fix those scenes, but they didn't bother. They this is they just arrange things so that they get killed, and they didn't seem to care how you got from A to B. Yeah, I mean, couldn't they have done something along the lines? Of, I mean, there are all of these really obviously man or not man-made, but not natural tunnels and all these kinds of things. So couldn't they have said, okay, you're freaked out by the alien, you go down the tunnel and you go poke around at the cool geological features. Right. If they show that, then I could and get wrapped up looking at that okay then i could buy that but we don't see it we're we're not even told much less shown and that's sloppy that's sloppy screenwriting and filmmaking it is really sloppy and i didn't really get the there was the big deal over the the alien head and the exoskeleton thingy and they take it out and they like plug a thing into its head to bring its head back to life and then it explodes and i was like i just didn't quite why was the point of this I didn't so really understand. I, like, I, I think it was foreshadowing what the engineers look like, that the engineers look kind of like us. But, but otherwise, we already knew that from the very, very opening moment. Yes, but the but the characters didn't know. Well, then why did we need that intro scene? That intro, that intro scene was Ridley Scott professing his alien astronaut panspermia theory about life coming here from the aliens. But we didn't need that scene. That's that was already told to us by the characters. So really, what we're saying is that very interesting scene where we first see the engineer was literally pointless. It was pretty. It was it was it was pretty. It was a very nice, well scene. It was poetic. It was almost mythic. But yeah, it it's unnecessary. Yeah. Well, this is the yeah, and and I guess the last thing I really wanted to talk about is. Um, what is with all the tentacles? There were a lot of tentacles in this. Like he went on a Cthulhu bender that, with this movie. That's what. That's why I uh, deliberately invoked Lovecraft earlier on in in the podcast. He is very Lovecraftian. He he's he's basically tying in the aliens to Lovecraftian horrors. And give, given some of the forms of the aliens we've seen over time, that's not a stretch. But, yeah, he did apparently fall in love with his tentacles. It was – it's not a huge stretch, but it was sort of, again, was that related to that issue of I was expecting the alien aliens and getting instead the 
these like weird tentacle creatures and and lots and lots of tentacles everywhere and just being wrapped up in tentacles and hugging tentacles and like it was almost like tentacle porn hentai yes yes it was like hentai thing um i just didn't i don't know i i i liked some of it but i thought what might have been better for this movie would have been not to have gone so alien because I thought, like, really what was really worked for me about the engineers was, like, they're really almost basically human. They just – there are subtle things about them that make them slightly not. You know, they're very muscular. They're uh, slightly larger. They're, like, a, a foot and a half, two feet taller than an average human. So they're bulkier, right? But they're essentially just a, a human being, which already is, like, whoa, that's, like, a slight difference. And then even the aliens, like, when they – first infect somebody and they pop out they get this very humanoid appearance but they have these features which just slightly draw them away um, until they're so alien and then this is like well tentacles we've gone so far away from this kind of like slightly human but because like for me what is most terrifying about alien sort of horror movies isn't that is so alien that's you know like like insects and monsters it's that it starts to look too human because that for me is the most terrifying so you're you're a big fan of invasion of the body snatchers i would say i would say that if they did a rework of that with modern technology and modern acting and all these kinds of things i think that would could be a very terrifying movie particularly because they look exactly like humans they just like bleed green blood or something that that's that's the kind of horror that that uh that floats your boat. That's that's fair. That's fair enough. I I think this movie tried to do too many things, was too slapdash, and didn't really decide what it wanted. Yeah. And st- and and it's just a mess all over the place. It's gorgeously filmed. It looks great, but I mean, it's 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 like a beautiful '57 Chevy that looks shining outside, but the engine, the engine is a mess. It's a go kart engine. <laughs> there you go. And it's kind of really sad because you think about the original Alien movie, you know, and you you look at that and you watch that movie and you go, you know what? This movie is really almost perfect. It really does work as a film. There's certainly flaws with it, but as a as a horror first contact kind of film, it's it really really works, you know. And even with Aliens, you know, there are aspects of it that sure like it kind of problematic, but it really works as a film. The later ones that kind of fall apart. And then you look at this one and it's like, what happened, Ridley Scott? You you wrote Aliens, or Alien, the first Alien, excuse me. What what happened? I mean, you had a very clear sort of story to tell here, and I just don't know what, where, I mean, it makes sense because, you know, I saw Robin Hood and that was a fat mess. Um, don't, don't recommend seeing it. I don't know. It just, I, I think we both agree that, like, I really love the movie, but I also like parts of it I just hated. I mean, I I will probably buy it on DVD just for the gorgeous visuals, but the other stuff is going to make me make me cringe forevermore. Yeah. So why don't we try to give this a grade? Um, what would we give this on a on a typical high school grading scale from you know F minus to A plus? What would you give it? A a just manages to scrape a C minus in my book. I'm, oh. I, I'm, 
I mean, the the the, the visuals only and uh, other stuff only go so far. So it passes, but I mean, it was better than our our torture porn oh. porn bit with Doom. But it it passes with a C minus. But yeah, I I, I can't in good conscience give it higher than that. What about you? Uh, I would. I'm leaning between a B minus and a B. Because I think I, overall, I still really like the film, even though I admit that there are flaws. And I think that for me, like to bring it into ter- to C territory would would make it uh, means I would dislike too much of it. So I'll I'll give it a B minus. So that averages us to a like C ish. C ish, <laughs> and that's fair. I think that's fair. I mean, it's it's not a great film. I I still want it to do well because I kind of want more story and more answers yeah oh well that's sad but anyways okay so i think we've mined it at this point right we've mined it at this point i'm paul weimer and i'm sean and that thank you for joining us If you would like to support this podcast, you can do so at patreon.com slash skiffyandfanty. You can also find us on our website, skiffyandfanty.com, and on Twitter at skiffyandfanty. If you'd like to send us an email, you can do so at skiffyandfanty at gmail.com. The music for this episode comes from Sphere by Creo. You can find out more about their music at freemusicarchive.org.